Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. My name is Noel. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deckett. Most importantly, you are you. You are here. And that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. Coming to you live-ish in the midst of a global pandemic. Uh, we've been getting a we've been getting a lot of feedback, a lot of responses from our fellow listeners uh, regarding our latest update on COVID-19, uh, and we appreciate these check-ins. We we want to hear from you. As always, you, specifically you, are the most important part of this show. Uh, let's let's check in with each other. Uh, Noel, Matt, Paul, how are you guys doing? Uh, much the same. Uh, pretty okay. I love that you said live-ish. It is my mind immediately went to, well, at least we're alive. Uh, so that's maybe where the ish part comes in. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like I'm with you. I feel all of your uh, individual warmths emanating from uh, my screen. Um, and honestly, I look forward to this. It kind of is the thing that breaks up the monotony and uh, feels like real human contact. I, I love it. Maybe this is the new, the new way. Um, but uh, if it is, I, I'm okay with that as long as we can hang out. Yes, uh, things are going pretty well over here. My wife recently had a quarantine birthday, and we were able to utilize the 
the old hangout for that, which was really nice. We, you know, just getting, like you said, Noel, getting to see a face and hear a voice of someone familiar is really comforting right now. But I would counter that with, uh, I was forced, it was necessary for me to take a trip physically to a grocery store just momentarily. And the anxiety that I felt just walking near any other person it's pretty harrowing that we that I feel that personally, and I you know I'm assuming we all are feeling that at this moment. So uh, I would just say, connect with whoever you can virtually right now. It's interesting. Like I mean, even like taking walks. Like I've been going to the park and trying to get out and stuff. And I live near near a park, and people are keeping their distance and being respectful. But there is that weird feeling when you're passing a little too close to somebody, where you almost look at them suspiciously, or you hold your breath even, or like cross on the other side of the street. It's a weird impulse that I'm not used to feeling, and it's a very alien uh, thing for me. But I'm kind of having to get used to it, which I don't want to get used to it. I, I don't I don't know how how else to describe it probably the last mode of transport that will uh, remain open for most people in the united states is going to be the automobile uh, you know like uh, domestic flights will you know get increasingly sparse right uh, i think delta for instance has maybe a a 10 percent demand for flights now a lot of international borders are closed for uh, maritime and air traffic. But here in the U.S., we still have the, uh, the amazing capacity to literally wake up and, if you want, drive across an entire continent. It's tough to do it in a day, uh, but you can drive from sea to shining sea. You won't be stopped at a state border. You won't have to, you know, apply to enter Maine, for instance, or California. I, I mean, this country is so huge that many U.S. residents, the four of us included, have never been to all 50 states. This this is amazing and unusual. The U.S. is a car culture, and people are appreciating it more and more now. Many of our fellow listeners have been, you know, getting cabin fever and driving out to rural areas just to get some vitamin D from sunshine, just to be out and around nature. But today's question is, will this continue to be the case? The car the opportunity afforded to us by the automobile is uh, is a tremendous amount of freedom. But will Big Brother get under your hood? Here are the facts. Auto manufacturers are increasingly moving vehicles online. If you buy a car that was made in ballpark the last eight years or so, you probably have any number of neat electronic capabilities, right? Like touch screens, onboard satellite navigation, these customized bespoke updates to the music you like, the podcasts you listen to, the news that some AI or algorithm thinks you prefer. I know that two of us recently bought vehicles. Noel, you, you bought a vehicle a while back. I have one now. I finally had to say goodbye to my Monte Carlo. And I sat when it, when I sat in my current vehicle for the first time, I felt like I was in the future. 
I could just touch stuff and things happened. That's amazing. You know, I went from not having like power windows to all of a sudden having this thing that will, you know, kind of nanny state me if, uh, if it thinks I'm backing up in too aggressive a manner. I mean, what, what are you guys' experiences when you're driving? Well, first off, Ben, you're bearing the lead. What kind of car did you get? I don't even think I know about this. Nah, I refuse to disclose. No, are you I, serious? Uh, I uh, I have a Ford Escape, oddly ironic or perhaps apt uh, as a car name, and mm-hmm. these are troubled times. Plenty of room for your bug out bag too in the back of a Ford Escape. Love that. I have a uh, Honda Fit, which is you know a little less roomy than than an Escape, but still has a nice little hatchback and plenty of room for all my dirty laundry and empty gym bag, which I have. Pledged to turn into a bug out bag after that episode. I'm going to take our own advice. But yeah, it, it's the first time I've ever had a backup camera. First time I've ever had a car that was very digitally driven, for sure. No question about it. And it is an, a, an adjustment. It's convenient. But as we uh, get into this topic today, we're going to see that there are some potential uh, nefarious uh, possibilities that can go along with that. Mm-hmm. This is this is an idea that... Uh that you thought up first, Matt. I mean, not the idea of digitally connecting cars, but uh, you you raised the issue that this is a growing concern for a lot of people. It's a convenience, but it's also a concern. You know, anybody who has a web-connected car uh, is encountering all these neato digital uh, capabilities, but we're also seeing the capability to limit the performance of a vehicle, such as uh, engine governance, right? That's an old technology. For instance, uh, people in the U.S. and Latin America uh, undoubtedly know the Bluebird school buses, you guys know the big yellow honkers uh, that for some reason still don't have seatbelts. I was about to say, (laughs) it's always blown my mind. How is that okay? (laughs) The driver has a seatbelt, which I think is weirdly unfair. But uh, and not reassuring. But those those engines have governor switches on them, meaning they can't uh, while the engine itself can power the vehicle to go at a pretty high rate of speed, there are safeguards put in to prevent it from reaching that speed. And you can, you can engineer via software limits on your engine's performance. If for instance, uh, you don't want your vehicle to go over 80 miles per hour. For instance, if, if you want to keep it at a certain speed for, let's say, economical concerns or safety concerns, the Ford Escape that I have, for example, has something called MyKey technology. And when you, when you have this limit programmed in, depending on which key you use, the, uh, the touchscreen, right when you get around 79 miles an hour, the touchscreen will pop up and it'll say, uh, your speed is limited by the my key. In an ideal world, this helps parents keep their kids from hot rodding around over the speed limit and straight into a fender bender. It also helps owners of fleets manage their individual vehicles from truck companies to rental empires like Hertz or something. Again, in an ideal world, remote control over your vehicle makes the world a safer place. But... We do not live in an ideal world. 
No, we don't. Um, let's imagine, uh, you know, it's not going to be too much of a stretch. Let's imagine, if you would, a world in which government or even worse, a private entity can um, render your vehicle useless, absolutely brick that thing, the way a company might do that to your phone, uh, or, you know, rendering your phone obsolete as uh, more and more updates come out, um, the idea of planned obsolescence, uh, or in the same way as your uh, video game console or PC, you know, might start to feel a little long in the tooth as uh, uh, digital updates begin to outpace the hardware. Well, yeah, and and also imagine a world where a tiny little device connected up to your vehicle, no matter how old it is, to your onboard diagnostics port could track all of your movements everywhere you've ever been, where you are right now, how fast you're going. Uh, Imagine that some tiny little little device could do that, installed by anyone, or a a very similar device that is just magnetically placed underneath your vehicle by whoever can see exactly where you are, where you're going at any time, when you're going home, uh, when you're going to work, all of your routes that you generally take. Um, Imagine that you'd only have to spend $40 to uh, someone would only have to spend $40 to know exactly what you do every day. Um, And then, you don't even need that device anymore because of the technology we're discussing here. It's already inside your vehicle if you have a newer one. Uh, the big question here is, how are we going to balance the freedoms that we hold so dear? Like like we said at the top, being able to just drive wherever you want, whenever you want, because you are a person who has freedom. Uh, how are we going to balance that with all of these new technologies and... Uh, possible control mechanisms that are being developed and are already in place. Ask yourself, how long can you drive when and where you wish? We'll tackle that question after a word from our sponsor. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over 6 million active hourly workers Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. 
your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Here's where it gets crazy. The increasing interconnectivity dare I say, the hyper-interconnectivity of vehicles to the web brings a ton of convenience and it brings a load of worrying potential. This is a phenomenon that was once hailed as the Internet of Things. Our good pal Jonathan Strickland covered this in-depth on Tech Stuff if you would like to learn more about it. But we know, again, we, we say this every time we run into a developing technology episode, we know again that technology always outpaces legislation. Currently, governments around the world are scrambling to catch up with the things that your software in your car can do. In fact, these concerns have already reached the highest court in the United States. Back in January of 2013, think about that, seven years ago, the Supreme Court weighed in on GPS tracking of vehicles in a case called the United States versus Jones. What, what what happened there? What was the gist? Well, let's let's jump in really quickly and just talk about those GPS devices. So a, a single tiny little GPS device, there are so many of them out there on the market for their consumer level grade. Again, they're they're fairly cheap. They're extremely effective. It's a tiny little device, generally with a magnet on the bottom. It goes or is placed most commonly underneath the chassis or on the bottom of the chassis of a vehicle, the metal parts underneath. And it's placed there in many cases by a private investigator or by a law enforcement officer. It will be placed to track a person of interest, whether it's in an infidelity case or, you know, uh, tracking perhaps a narcotics, someone who is uh, assumed to be within the narcotics trade, um, for any number of reasons, you place this device underneath a vehicle, and then that device is connected up through the same thing that your cell phone uses, the same networks that your cell phone uses to connect to everything, and through the GPS system. And it will tell that uh, whoever is tracking that vehicle exactly where it is, where it's going, where it's been, 
it, it just knows everything about that vehicle. Now, when there's this case that we're about to discuss has to do with what happens when someone finds a GPS tracker on their vehicle, their personal vehicle. Right, right, exactly. Uh, there, there are a couple of different ways uh, that these things can work. There are real-time updaters, and then there are also uh, updaters that just log transport. And the tricky thing about those is that the person using that GPS device has, if it's not real-time updating, they have to physically go and take the device back plug it into a system, and then download the information. Yeah, but generally the ones that are used now, even the cheapest ones, you they, it just connects to an app on a phone, mm-hmm. and its uh, updates are being sent continuously. Exactly, exactly. The technology is there. In this case, in the 2013 case of the United States versus Jones, police placed a GPS tracker on the car, on the chassis, like you said, Matt, of someone that they suspected was selling cocaine. Uh, They suspected this person was selling cocaine because this person was selling cocaine. You know, I'm not the chief justice. I'm not bound by the same rules of legality, so we can just say it. They, they, They had probable cause. They had reasonable suspicion. You know what I mean? It, they weren't just walking around parking lots going, I don't know, that Honda Civic looks like that spoiler is suspicious. Let's see what that guy's getting into. Uh, the police had received a warrant. They were legally allowed to do this, but they were only allowed to do it under certain constraints, and they exceeded those constraints. There were two constraints. First, they were only allowed to monitor this vehicle for a specific length of time. And secondly, they were only allowed to monitor it for a particular geographic region. They went over the limit on both of those. They exceeded the geography and they exceeded the length of time. The federal attorney argued that there is no expectation of privacy when you are traveling on public roads. It's kind of like how you have no right to tell somebody not to take a photograph of you if you are in a crowded public space. If you go to uh, a park for a concert or something like that, and someone on stage takes a picture of the entire audience then you do not have the right, because you are in a public space, you do not have the right to pull that photograph. You have no rights to it. However, the Supreme Court agreed with the defense attorney because the defense attorney claimed this was a violation of this client's Fourth Amendment right. And that the Fourth Amendment, again, is the right against unlawful search and seizure. So they're saying this was a violation of personal privacy, despite the fact that this vehicle was traveling on public roads. That's crazy, right? That concept (laughs) that you, there's no expectation of privacy when traveling on public roads. I mean, I get it. I think it's just the knowing that when you're inside your vehicle, Noel, I don't know if you feel this way. You feel, I think this is just a psychological thing that we've discussed before on this show. You feel very much that you are in this private space. Yeah, it's just sort of an illusion of privacy, though, isn't it? Because it's aren't, exactly what aren't, it is. Aren't uh, tinted windows even kind of illegal? Like, isn't that a thing? 
Past a certain tent level, yeah. Past absolutely. a certain, so so that's almost, I mean, again, not the two ideas are, are, are intertwined, but, you know, there is an expectation that law enforcement should be able to see into your vehicle to make sure you're not doing anything uh, illegal, right, while you're driving. And you so that expectation of privacy is absolutely uh, an, an illusion for sure, yeah. So here's another thing I want to bring up with you guys. Uh, okay, so in another case that happened pretty recently, uh, this has to do with property rights. Um, a man who was suspected of selling methamphetamines also had a GPS placed on his vehicle. And in this case, the man discovered it after 10 days or, or somewhere around 10 days. And the, you know, the police officers are, tra- are getting all the information and tracking it. And then all of a sudden the trackers, the GPS stops putting out data. They suspect that the man has taken, you know, removed it from his vehicle, discovered it, removed it. Um, So they then get a warrant, another warrant, because they had to get one in the first place, right, to put the GPS on his vehicle. They got another warrant to search, I think it was his parents' house and the surrounding areas, like some of the surrounding areas, to find the GPS because they were charging him with theft of property. No, if you found uh, or Ben, if you found a GPS device on your vehicle, would you remove it or would you just leave it there? No, you put it on another vehicle. That's obvious. <laughs> there's a there's a this comes up a lot in Breaking Bad and Better right. Call Saul. They, they call them Lojacks. I think that's actually a uh, a brand, but I think it's sort of like one of the most popular like car tracker things that are used for theft prevention that like mm-hmm. individuals can buy, or there may even come stock in certain cars. But they call it that a lot in the show, and I wonder if it's sort of like calling a you know a mimeograph machine a Xerox, or like you know calling a soda a Coke or something like that. Right. But internet internet search at google exactly yeah. uh, but but no, jack to, to, was first first uh commercially available I that's think. that that makes sense exactly so no to your to your question it reminds me of um getting your car booted for example, let's say you get your car booted. Uh, to me, that is, uh, you know, unjust seizure of my property because it's usually by a private entity rather than some law enforcement agency. And then they put a sticker on your window that, you know, tells you the number of the calls so they can come back and then uh, you can pay them and they take it off. On the flip side, if I found someone had placed something on my vehicle, um, I, you know, feel like it was it'd be my right to remove it in the same way it'd be my right to remove a, a boot if I was so inclined. Decline, but they, similarly, they would probably charge you with destruction of property if you remove one of those. Yeah, yeah, that's that's correct. And we have to we have to note here. This will be important later in this episode. We have to note that both cases, uh, Matt, the case you brought up, and uh, the Supreme Court case mentioned earlier, both of them focus on crime. They don't focus on, for instance, a private investigator. That's where we get to a gray area, right? We They don't focus on maybe a jilted lover or something like that. They don't focus on a helicopter parent. But all of those scenarios come into play. Currently, if you're a if you're a driver uh, and you have concerns about this, first off, you're absolutely right. You're not crazy to be concerned about it. Uh, but there, the law here in the U.S. seems to be 
trending toward your side for now, but there's still serious questions. Uh, one of the first ones would be, what about GPS vehicle tracking confined to a specific group, like a company fleet? Currently, there are no federal laws and no state laws that expressly forbid the use of GPS vehicle tracking for commercial purposes. So you drive a Cisco truck and it's the company truck, uh, then they can they can track you. They can do whatever they want because it's not your it's not your vehicle. Uh, you drive like you rent a car, for instance, then your car or the car you're driving can absolutely be monitored. And there's a very valid argument that it should because it's someone else's property. Think about it like a work laptop or a work cell phone. Your employer can both monitor your usage of that device, and if they desire, they can flip a switch and restrict your capabilities. Like if you if you are using a work phone and putting any private data on there, it is it is simply naive to to think that that is somehow still your data. It, the, it, your company, your big brother, whatever your corporate overlord is, they have it. They legally have it now. It, well, it's the same way of the expectation of privacy in uh, emails with work emails, right? I mean, it, it, you know, it would be a bad look, but if uh, the powers that be wished to do so, they could find out what we discuss in our emails at work, couldn't they? I hope so. Our puns are on fire. We are good at those. <laughs> And, and yeah, you're absolutely right. So why should a vehicle logically be any different? It shouldn't. There's no valid case that a company car should be any different from a company laptop. But let's take it away from that. Let's say it's not a vehicle that you're using for work. Let's say it's not a vehicle you're renting. Let's say you own a car, but you don't own it outright. You, like million of other uh, people in the world, are paying off a car loan. Let's say here in the U.S., you have the average monthly car payment. Uh, just just right now in 2020, the average monthly car payment is going to be $381 a month for a used car, or a recently uh, a recent model used car. It's going to be $530 a month if you, for some reason, bought a new car. Why did you do that? Why did you <laughs> buy a brand new car? Uh, that's, sorry, that's, uh, let's cut past my car stuff TED Talk, but please don't, don't buy a brand new car. Uh, what happens if you can't make that payment? If you are $381 or $530 short for a month, um, what happens then? I mean, maybe you paid on time, right? But there was some kind of gremlin on the wing of the web that interfered and whomever is in charge of your loan or whoever your lien holder is, they don't see that payment in your system. What happens? It's a good question. Um, I mean, you know, it's uh, the, the the classic model of this is that they come and repo it or they send someone to your home or to your place of business to repossess the car. But this would be a much um, more quickly um, executable form of this. And it could happen uh, for a much less egregious infraction. It would take a lot to get your car repoed. But like you said, Ben, if you miss one payment, all of a sudden uh, they flip a switch and master control and, you know, you try to start up your car uh, or you use your what is it my key or whatever your, your keyless entry and nothing happens 
You know, they literally have put the kibosh on you driving your car um, because of uh, what could very well have been a clerical error. Maybe you're stranded in the middle of nowhere. You know, I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I would hope there would be recourse that you could reach out and, and sort it all out. Um, but yeah, that's absolutely possible. Clunk, clunk, womp, womp. Nothing happens when you try when you try to start, even if you're in an emergency, right? Imagine a message plays on your sound system, your cutesy touchscreen pops up, and you are informed that this vehicle will not operate until payment is registered. And if payment is not registered in X number of days, the lien holder will take possession of your vehicle. Should it be legal for that authority to automatically shut off your car? Like, let's say you're mm. escaping a disaster scenario. You know what I mean? What if, um, what if this is a system in place when the next hurricane hits Louisiana and someone is trying like hell to get out of the way of disaster, but because of $381, they're stuck there and the water's rising. I mean, that's an extreme example, but it's possible. Oh, absolutely. It, it is an extreme example, but... It is creepy to imagine it happening that way. The, the most common way this occurs is that let's say you've purchased a vehicle from a smaller company or so, you know a smaller car lot somewhere that's probably used. Very often, those vehicles will have a hidden GPS tracker attached to that vehicle, and uh, very very commonly, it's what we were talking about before. Your The same place where a lot of, like if you go get your emissions tested, your onboard diagnostics port or or OBD2 a lot of times, um, that's where if you're going to get emissions, sometimes you'll get someone plugging into that port. Uh, Whoever's running your emissions test will plug into there. It gets all the information on your vehicle of what's occurring. The most common thing that will occur here is that the owner of that vehicle the car lot, the car, you know, used car dealer will have something attached on that port and they will be able to track your vehicle wherever it goes. In the case that we're outlining here, you miss a payment depending on what the contract looks like that you signed. Um, So if you miss two payments, probably they would be able to know exactly where your vehicle is at 3 a.m. on any given day and a tow truck would be able to pick it up without you having any idea that it happened until until you see that empty parking spot right and yeah and it's gone yeah and this is this is just the beginning we're starting with a microcosmic example we're going to we're going to pause for a word from our sponsor and then we'll be back with the larger and perhaps more troubling implications snag a job is where america goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. 
So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're back. So let's go bigger. What about state control of vehicles? As a matter of fact, instead of going bigger, let's go sci-fi. Everybody get your movie voices on, in a world, etc. Remember those old scenes so common in TV and film where there's this gung-ho police officer or detective and they're chasing a bad guy and they they gotta catch up with the bad guy and they see, usually in a film, it's like a slick badass 1970s muscle car but the you know the our Dudley do right uh, is chasing the bad guy and then they see somebody roll up in a cool car and they're like get out I'm commandeering the vehicle and they hop in and there's a montage and a chase scene and everything ends uh, with a with a happy note and they've caught the perp imagine a world where an authority can hop in to your car and then say the right passcode to your car's system, and boom, it's off to the races. You never enter the equation. They just used your car for state business. Imagine where that's legal. Better yet, imagine a world where a municipal, state, or federal authority can, say, shut down all civilian vehicles in the case of unrest, you know, like a riot, like a pandemic. That's a little close to home, but like a pandemic, uh, like a natural disaster, or... A protest, for instance, or maybe shut it down because there is a state-sanctioned violent activity, a central authority with the right kind of networking could do this. And that's that's one of the things about autonomous vehicle systems that I wish we were talking about more often. Now, autonomous vehicles will 
objectively save lives. If you have if you have a city where every car is functioning in a network system, there are going to be fewer deaths. There are going to be fewer vehicular injuries, but there are also uh, there are also going to be tremendous opportunities for whomever Big Brother or Little Brother is to just you know shut down the city. You don't have to shut down the whole city if there's a if there's a neighborhood that is maybe protesting something and you don't want media coverage and you don't want people physically getting out of that neighborhood to say, Hey, they're killing us all because we're some, you know, like we have a religion or an ethnicity to which this government or authority objects. Then you can just shut down the cars and you can blockade the roads. You can turn off traffic. We're not there yet. But the technology is on the way. It's closer than you think, and it always starts with the best of intentions. I have a feeling we're going to learn about it in like two months from now, a month from now, after everybody's trying to get back to normal, and then the pandemic gets worse, and then they just shut off all the cars. (laughs) Sorry, it's a little... Yikes, Matt. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think of like a positive impl- implementation of this in like science fiction is there's an anime show called Psychopaths that um, is about like these cops that have these particular guns that will not uh, get, they will not activate, for lack of a better term, unless they detect certain characteristics in a subject. Like uh, they won't allow you to, you know, use lethal force on a subject unless they meet certain criteria and the gun can literally like look up the person's background and it's sort of like pre-crime kind of like in uh, um, Minority Report. But it's similar where like, you know, it's bricked, the gun's bricked unless you it gives it's it's given the go ahead from HQ, right, to be used. Similar with with cars, it could be used for positive stuff like maybe it could detect that someone's had too much alcohol and the car won't function. Right. Maybe there's a way that, that, like, you know, would actually prevent people from being their worst enemies, which people often do. They know they shouldn't drive, but they're drunk and it makes them feel like they're invincible. So they do stupid stuff. If the car itself would not allow you to drive it, that would be a positive use of this kind of technology. Right. And it could potentially detect um, like a, a key code or something that was invalid or didn't have a special, you know, secondary authentication process to it so you could prevent theft perhaps <laughs> i mean there's there's there are possible things there that could yeah. be good yeah well here this is this is a funny story is a larry david moment uh with my with my old monte carlo um now you guys you guys know this because it's made me late to shows before uh but my my car had a malfunction in the security system so that every so often, not every time, but every so often, I would try to start the car and it would be convinced I was trying to steal it because the uh, the authentication didn't work. And so I would have to do a reset of the system, uh, which was very easy to do, but it took about 10 minutes. So sometimes I would just be 10 or 12 minutes late because my car decided that I was trying to commit grand theft auto. Uh, on yourself, <laughs> on myself. <laughs> this is a this is a known issue with Chevys. Um, but the but the implications are right. You know, the technology has always been a, a double edged sword. It's always been the darkness that stares back at us. It's always been the gun that fires 
at the person wielding the gun. You know what I mean? Uh, ever since the days of fire, right? It can keep you warm. It can burn you. That is the same thing with every single piece of technology humanity has ever made. We just, we don't make stuff that cannot also be used for terrible things. And, and right now, Big Brother, whether you want to call Big Brother a manufacturer, a private software service, or a government, they want into your vehicle. And they're already inside. You know what I mean? Like, how terrifying is it that Facebook can have OS and software in a vehicle? I, I don't know if there's a, like, solid Facebook OS for a vehicle right now. Um, but the app alone is scary enough. And the initial arguments for this are some of the ones we've outlined. The first argument, of course, is valid, and it's let's keep people safe. We want to keep an eye on you, not to stop you, not to hinder you, but to help you. And then there's the other idea, hey, let's make things uniquely enjoyable. Oh, you're a, you're a fan of explosions in the sky? Here's some other music you might like on your drive. You know what I mean? Uh, oh, man, explosions in the <laughs> sky. What a, what a, such good driving music. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, it really is, actually. Huh. Mm-hmm. Then the idea is, um, the, the third idea is somewhat aspirational. Let's build a better system. We're not, we're not in your car because we want to track your GPS, because we want to monitor you, and because we want to use that data to affect your insurance premiums, or we want to use that data to figure out where and when we can stop traffic. Let's use that data in aggregate to figure out where we should build more lanes on on a road system or or where we should put a new stoplight you know what i mean you're helping the greater good that's the argument yeah or or you know on the previous one to that like if you took those last two uh who's listening to stuff they don't want you to know and where (laughs) yes that's true that's true look pandora's jar is already unscrewed you know what i mean the badger's out of the bag uh, if there was a canary in the coal mine of this, the the canary is dead. The canary was asf- asphyxiated long ago, probably back in the late 90s. And the stuff they don't want you to know is this. There is already damning evidence that cars are hackable. And this evidence is older than you think. This is not 2020 stuff. This happened years ago. Yeah, uh, a 2015 remote hacking demo um, really shook up the automotive industry. Um, Major automakers responded by creating the Automotive Information Sharing and Analysis Center, uh, Auto Isaac, Isaac? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. okay, we'll go with Isaac. Uh, And this was designed, or the the intent was to research and discuss best practices for uh, securing this stuff, uh, for actually implementing cybersecurity in vehicles. So let, let's quickly, Ben, uh, just go over this a little bit. In that 2015 example, I believe, I can't remember if it was Wired or who it was, but there was a, a journalist that was there and experienced what it was like to have his vehicle remotely controlled, fully remotely controlled, because uh, the, the computer... The the onboard computers are sophisticated enough at this point to where with that, uh, you know, always on, always connected uh, technology, 
they were able that the hackers or the demonstrators here were able to break, were able to turn on every electronic piece of equipment within the vehicle, every component to slow the car down, speed the car up, to control the steering even. It was really terrifying. The only upside to the whole thing was that the demonstrators, the hackers, uh, it required them to have physical access to the vehicle before they could implement that full control in 2015. Right. In 2015. In 2015, right. Yeah, you're on the money, man, because uh, the, the issue here is that that 2015 car was, like many vehicles, effectively air-gapped, meaning there must have been some sort of physical interaction at the time of the hack or before the hack was implemented. But now it's 2020, <laughs> and, uh, and it would be naive to assume this technology and all the vulnerabilities it brings will not be exploited. If you're listening to this now, whether you love cars or you hate them or you are ambivalent to them, uh, you don't care about their presence, you need to be aware. Big Brother, whatever Big Brother you want to specify, is already in your new car. And they are going to tell you that they are preventing hackers from hurting you. And when they say that, they are telling the truth. But like Emily Dickinson says, they're telling the truth, but they're telling it slant because they are also fully capable of doing everything those hackers would do. Every single thing. They just haven't done it yet. At least officially. And, uh. yeah, and that's, that's where we are. You know, we are, we are as a species as drivers, as car owners, and as pedestrians, we are entering a world, uh, we're entering a new normal. There's no turning back. This is going to happen. It's already happening. Uh, you know, Elvis has left the building. <laughs> and uh, and now, uh, now you have to wonder, if this technology exists, what will it be used for? And what what will the motivations be? What will the fallout be? What will the consequences be? Uh, we want to hear from you. We have a lot of we have a lot of truck drivers in our audience. We have uh, you know a lot of our fellow listeners are driving and deliveries. A lot of us love road trips. Um, we are a car culture, you know. Uh, so where do you think this is going? What have you seen? Like, I would love to hear if anybody has been affected by this already, if you're driving for a fleet and maybe your uh, your administrator knew some stuff about you that surprised you. And they were like, oh, hey, you know, Jane or John Jorgensen, it's it's interesting. You made way better time to Denver than you did last week. And you're like, what? How did you know I was in Denver last week? I wasn't driving my work truck. I was driving my own car. So... Uh, this is something I want to bring up right here towards the end. If you are feeling just uneasy about this whole concept of, you know, someone, whoever it is, for any reason, uh, watching where you go, what you do, and all of that in your vehicle, um, I would say go go out to your car, your vehicle, whatever it is, check that diagnostic port, look underneath your chassis, take a, take a little look anywhere on metal surfaces underneath your vehicle or in compartments because these these things are very tiny mm-hmm. they can fit really anywhere where there's a check a, the wheel well 
Yeah, Wheel is really a really good place to check. The really clever one from Better Call Saul was it was inside of a gas cap assembly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. He had he had to pop it off with us with a screwdriver, and before he found it, he disassembles his entire car before having an aha moment when he realizes it's inside of the actual uh, uh, gas cap. So yeah, very very small, and it's just going to keep getting smaller. You know. So yes, re- re- do that. Check that. All of that stuff. Don't disassemble your car, please. Um, but again, like, here's the other thing. If you're so worried about that, um, maybe don't be. Because if you are like almost every person who drives a vehicle, you travel with a cellular phone of some kind. <laughs> and you are transmitting, uh, you know, unless you're extremely careful. And even if you are extremely careful, you're likely transmitting every place you go. Every, you know, how fast you're going, how long you stay at those places. Um, the data that exists around that device is far more terrifying than the ones that could be in your vehicle. Well said. Well said. So that's that's our show for today. But just because the episode ends doesn't mean the show ends. We want to hear from you. If you're driving right now and you are inspired to contact us, uh, wait until you're out of your car. And uh, and find us. We're on the internet. We're all over it. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. Not just as a show, but as individuals. If you would like to find me, you can do so on Instagram. I am at How Now Noel Brown, and I am on Twitter at Ben Bolin HSW. I am on Instagram in a burst of creativity, calling myself at Ben Bolin. You can find me on Instagram. I am Matt Frederick. There's an E in there, uh, underscore iHeart. And yeah, I haven't posted in a long time, but uh, maybe I'm going to start posting pictures of, oh, I don't know, close-up shots of my backyard. That's pretty much it right now. I want to see that yellow submarine cut out in its full glory, Matt. Oh, yeah? With you posing behind it, peeking through the little portholes. Can you do that for us? Sure, but only if I can get... Only if you guys will give me permission to Photoshop your faces in there, because there are four holes, so yeah. I, I could get all four of us in there. That'd be great. I I, I give full permission. Ben. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I I think I think that chicken has flew the coop, man. You you have many many uh pictures of our faces all i would ask as a personal favor is that you try to find one where uh where i at least don't look sketchy i know that's that's a tall milkshake but, but uh, all right okay so if matt gets 1000 new followers <laughs> he go. will post this picture please don't follow make me make it happen 1000 Here's the 1,000 and beyond. Uh, We also have a, like, if you're a person who says, wow, guys, you just talked about how scary the internet is. I'm terrified to do that. I don't want to be on the internet. We get it. You can contact us a different way. We have a phone number. That's right. It is 1-833-STDWYTK. We've been getting tons of amazing messages since all of this stuff has been going down. Thank you to everyone who's reached out. Um, you know, thinking about you, Wayne. Yes, I have been getting your messages. Uh, thinking about uh, Ben. You know, you were mentioning truck drivers uh, or fleet vehicle uh, drivers. We've been getting a ton of people writing in about that. 
I'm going to share with you guys one particular call we got in from someone thinking hard about the broader implications of our current situation and his like completely salient arguments about why we could be in a very dangerous position with regards to the United States and China. Um, just so many great, great things coming in. Thank you to everyone. Thank you. Continue, please. And if none of that quite bags your badgers, if you hate phones, if you hate social media, never fear, friends, fellow conspiracy realists, we have one way you can always get at us every day of the year until we get black bagged 24-7. And that is this. We have a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iheartradio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com.